Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. Second, two thousand and twenty-one, and we have a special show here for you tonight on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. We are coming to you live. If you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, Allen is on location here tonight. He got invited up to Hotlanta, uh, where I'd like to be uh, for this weekend because of the baseball series, and he is on the line with us now. Allen, how's the weather up there in Atlanta today? The weather is actually a little chilly today. A little bit cool uh, today, like at in the morning, you could wear a light jacket. In the middle of the day, it was nice where you didn't need a jacket. Now it's back cool again. So it's like mid-60s during the morning and at night now. That sounds lovely. you got to bring some of that back here to Central Florida when you return here in the next uh, in the next several days. Obviously, you're right where I'd like to be. You're close to the battery. Braves and the Dodgers playing in that National League Championship Series tomorrow night. Tell uh, Tell our audience what you're doing up there here this evening. Yeah, I, I got to thank Top Rank or Top Rank Boxing for inviting us to the Herring and Stevenson fight. Definitely really appreciate that. I'm covering that fight. It's, you know, it's been so far, today is day two. Thursday was the first day of the press conference. Today was a weigh-in. And, man, I have to tell you, I can understand why you want to be in Atlanta. It is definitely hot Atlanta. I am having a fantastic time. And you guys really – really need to tune into the Herring for Stevenson fight, and you got to watch the Braves, too, because it is, it is really hot here in Atlanta. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend uh, for sports there, obviously, with everything going on. Of course, the fight as well as the ball game, uh, which uh, hopefully that series wraps up tomorrow night. We will talk a little bit more about that as we go through uh, the show. It's been a great week. Obviously, a lot of big things happening in the sports world. Um, Going back to last week, uh, NFL, obviously some some uh, surprises in uh, week six. And, of course, our current standings, uh, you have about a five-game lead, I believe, on me now in terms of overall uh, games picked this season. And um, really brings in sometimes having to pick some of those upset games, which there were a few of those that went both of our directions this past week. So we'll talk about our picks here in a little bit as well. We're also going to discuss – uh, a few other things here this evening. Really, the biggest thing right now is probably the Major League Baseball playoffs. And again, you're right in the center of it all. Uh, currently, uh, I'm looking at the live update right now in Game Six between the Boston Red Sox and the uh, Houston Astros. They are in the fifth inning right now, top of the fifth, with Boston. I'm sorry, with Houston rather leading one to nothing. A Houston win would send them to their third World Series in the last five years. A Boston win would set up a epic game seven. It's uh, one nothing right now, so it's a very close game. And uh, right now, uh, as of uh, this last uh, batter uh, for Boston, they have yet to get a hit on the board yet here tonight. So we're seeing really solid pitching on uh, Houston's end. But again, it's a one nothing game, so a lot can change there. Want to talk to you about National League playoffs? It's been a really interesting series, and I know we talked a little bit last week about 
how the Braves would be able to overcome such a great team in the Dodgers. And in the first two games, they won in a final at bat. Um, Epic games, uh, fun games to watch, heart-pounding games, nail-biter games, whatever you want to call them, edge of your seat. They were very exciting. Um, To be up two games to none, to head out to L.A., knowing that you really probably only need to win one game out there, which they did, and now you're coming back to Atlanta with a chance to win game six and go on to the World Series. What is the uh, the atmosphere like up there as far as, um, I mean, out maybe if you've gone out at all, what are the Braves fans up there saying right now? They're, they're excited. They're really excited to, to go ahead and hopefully close the show against a team that's a very good team, the Dodgers. And, you know, things are really popping here in Atlanta because you, you got a lot of Braves fans that are talking about them going – to the World Series, you got the fight going on this weekend, and boy, I tell you, I picked the right <laughs> the right time to be in Atlanta. I, I can see why you want to be here. Almost came to fruition. Didn't quite uh, have the ability, unfortunately, to pull things off. Sometimes you have to move things around quite a bit in order to be able to pull those sorts of things uh, to happening. So, uh, but I'm glad you you are able to be up there. I want to look at the first uh, five games of that National League series. Um, game one and game two, back-and-forth battle, pitching, bullpen, bench. Atlanta wins both games on walk-off hits. Uh, you had the game one uh, performance on Saturday night where uh, uh, Austin Riley, probably the National League MVP, at least if I had a vote, um, hit a, uh, I believe it was in, in, ended up being a double into left field. And then the Dodgers positioned themselves defensively perfectly in game two in the uh, bottom of the ninth. And uh, Eddie Rosario hit a single up the middle. It hit the infielder's glove. I believe it was Corey Seager went into center field and Atlanta scored a game-winning run there. Game three is the one where I think the biggest strategy came in. And just as a Monday morning quarterback, Atlanta had a 5-2 to lead in that ballgame in the eighth inning, and it looked like they were going to shut them down. Can't give the Dodgers any extra outs. And what ended up happening, I believe it was Chris Taylor, who's the guy who hit three home runs in the game last night, runner at first, uh, it was either no out or one out, and he hit a, hit a single up the middle, which they should have been playing up the middle defense for a double play. They were playing him deeper in the hole, and that really opened up the opportunity for uh, – Cody Bellinger to come up and he hit a pitch that was probably shoulder high deep into the seats in the right field. Um, and so I, I really think had they positioned themselves defensively more to the standard double play depth, they turn a double play there. Bellinger leads off the next inning with nobody on base. Atlanta probably wins that game. I mean, the, the rally they pulled off after that was more, we got them down. We're going to kick them over down kind of thing. So I think there's a good chance that if Atlanta wins that game three, of course they possibly sweep the series, which I don't think anybody really thought that would actually happen. Uh, and obviously it didn't. Um, but it goes to show you that sometimes just little things like where a guy's at on the field is going to determine the outcome. So then you move, uh, of course, forward to game four. Atlanta, it was their bullpen game. They had uh, uh, Jesse Chavez pitch the first inning, and then they went through their bullpen the rest of the game, and they really dominated late uh, with some runs. They were able to keep the Dodgers, you know, pitching, turning. In, in other words, they use a lot of pitchers there. And then they 
had some uh, some big uh, at bats there. And again, Eddie Rosario has been probably the MVP of that series to this point. If Atlanta wins and goes to the World Series, he is definitely the National League uh, Championship Series most valuable player. Last night, of course, Atlanta threw their bullpen game, and the Dodgers uh, trailing early. They got three runs early themselves and never looked back, and they ended up winning the game. I believe it was 11-2 to two last night. Today's a travel day. They're coming to Atlanta. They're coming to see you, Alan. Uh, obviously, um, we're glad that you're <laughs> there with them. And looks like we got uh, a good buddy of ours uh, on the line here tonight. I want to go ahead and bring him on. Uh, I believe Lou is with us. Give me just a moment to bring him on the line. Yes. Lou, good evening. Yes, How are you? All right. Yeah, Lou, how you doing? Okay, well, this uh, league championship series is turning out to be better than I expected. I mean, both are pretty much not going down to the wire. There were some uh, rumors that uh, Boston would sweep them. Uh, yeah, too much for that <laughs> fact. Too much for that theory, people. No. So we're looking at, you know, you know, coming down to the wire. I mean, the uh, Braves and the uh, Braves series with the Dodgers is the game six tomorrow. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a tough one. How do you explain though going from two two to nine two in the ninth inning though? I mean like that is like just a complete collapse in the bullpen. You talking about game I mean four? that was just like murder. Yes. Well, two things. There was there was uh, game four which Atlanta ended up winning. I think it was nine to two. They scored four in the uh, four in the top of the ninth. Then last night it was kind of the opposite of that. The Dodgers ended up scoring. I think it was four in the eighth. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, they, I, mean, I know why they scored, but you know, you you had a tight, you know, a tight game going into the ninth inning. You know, the pitching was well, it was, you know, well played, and then just like a total collapse. Well, I mean, I mean uh, a playoff to, game too. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing: you, you cannot give a team like the Dodgers extra chances. You know, no, in you, other words, you you. Yeah. You might be able to get away with a walk here or there, but a team like that that has as much depth as they do. And here's the thing. The Dodgers mm. and the Braves are the same way. The Dodgers are not playing with a full deck right now. You've got Max Muncy no. who's out. You've got uh, some really big pitching that's, that's not there. Uh, you know, uh, Kershaw, of course. Uh, Kershaw, Bauer's yeah. been out for you know the last two or three months. And then uh, Dustin May, I think we talked about him last week. He was such a big part of their team last year. He's out right now, too. So um, I think that, uh, of course, again, on Atlanta's side, you're missing some big pieces there as well. So it's not like it's an unfair advantage. Both teams are missing big parts at this point. Um, the depth that the Dodgers have, that, that's being shown in this series. I mean, look, Chris Taylor hit three home runs last night. Chris Taylor is, for the most yeah. part, a super utility player. He, he's kind of the Ben Zobrist of this Dodgers team. And, I think guys like that are typically actually more valuable, especially in a playoff series, than some of the superstars. You know, if if you want to be real honest there. So. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised that they they lost that game too. Uh, the the thing about it is, you know, to Aaron's point, you can't give the team like the Dodgers out uh, extra outs. I just really thought they were yeah. cruising along five to two. I didn't think they. Had, the Dodgers looked like they were in that game at all. I felt as if the pitching had it under control. They were cruising along, and I thought by winning that game, going up 3-0, giving the Dodgers no confidence, really would have, in my opinion, probably closed the door. But the fact that they yeah. lost the game and they came back and won the next game 
I think is big. 3-1 against the Dodgers, looking to close the show. You still got the you still got the, the everything in your the, your favor. Take it from a Yankees fan yeah. who's lost th- uh, four straight games. I still feel <laughs> yeah. as if the 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 Braves got the right things going. Yeah, I think now, the big difference uh, are you referring to the exactly. 2004 series or a different series? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so far, I'll this, never forget that. Yeah, so so I far like this to. series has gone uh, exactly the same way as last year's. When Atlanta went up 2-0 last year, they lost Game Three. They won yeah. Game Four, and they lost Game Five. The biggest difference this year, aside from the injuries and some of the some of the roster injuries are uh, a factor. differences. Yeah, I, I think it, it impacts both teams. I think if you had a full roster on both sides, it, it'd be a much different series to some degree. But I think the biggest difference in 2021 versus a year ago, mm-hmm. last year it was a neutral site. So you didn't have home field well, advantage don't forget necessarily. Everything last year was, was you know, completely out, out of order. I think with the pandemic and, you know, everybody was all screwed up by that. So that's a different thing altogether. But uh, you know, injuries. I, I, do, I think I do think can be a major factor. I mean, that could really set a team back, yeah. and the other team, you know, will be able to take advantage of it. When you lose your best player, especially now, uh, that could put the other team at an advantage. Yeah, I think what's going to have to well, happen tomorrow think... night. Exactly. I think the biggest thing that's going to have to happen tomorrow night, from both teams' perspectives. Again, Atlanta has the advantage up three games to two. They are playing at home. Home crowd certainly is going to help them out. I think that the, the the keys to both teams winning for the Dodgers, if they in the first or second inning can get you know two, three, four, five runs, string them together, kind of an early knockout blow in a sense, kind of catch the Braves off guard. That's going to be what's going to allow them to uh, to, to move forward and, and force a game seven. Same thing on the Braves side. If you can knock Max Scherzer out in the first, second, third inning, something like that, make him throw a lot of pitches so he's a little bit off his game. He hasn't been as effective this postseason as he's been in years past. So I think if you can kind of wear him down, get to that Dodger bullpen, kind of wear them out too, you know, get a couple of early, you know, rallies going kind of thing, I think this could be a a nice night for Atlanta. So it's kind of whoever – I don't want to say whoever strikes first, but whoever has that first big blow is probably going to be the team that pulls out game six. Yeah, so who pulls it out? I I got a good feeling about the Braves. Uh, tomorrow, I, I really yeah, do. You too. I, I just, I do too. Yeah, I just, I feel like, despite the fact that they lost, here's, here's what I was saying in, in probably games three and four and, and five for that matter too. And again, I'm comparing a little bit of this to last year. Dodgers just absolutely, when they won last year in some of those games, they were, you know, running the score up. And a lot of it has to do a lot of times with pitchers making panic pitches. In other words. You just gave up a two-run bloop single, put the other, you know, put, put the Dodgers on the board, and then you feel like you have to throw perfect pitches yeah. to the next few hitters. I'll give an example: when Atlanta had a five-nothing lead in Game Four, two games to one lead in the series. Uh, forget who was in pitching. I think it was Chris Martin. He gave up a, a kind of a bloop single to center field. And the Dodgers scored two runs, and at that point. If you kind of look back at what happened the night before, it was the same score, 5-2. and two. They kind of let them get back in the game. They, they let them kind of piece together some stuff. So it's really about don't, don't go out there and try to be a hero at that point. 
pitch to contact, get the ball on the, on the lower side of the plate, something that they're going to swing at, try to get them to roll over when they hit a ground ball. And that's exactly what happened. So they, they game-planned a little bit better in game four than they did in game three. And I, I really this might be a really low-scoring game in, in game, uh, game six. I mean, you've got a future Hall of Famer on the mound on one side, a future superstar ace on the other side. Um, you know, both are going to be on a, a short leash. I mean, you're not going to give those guys – if they've given up three or four runs in the first three innings of the game, neither of them will probably pitch – any later than that, but I really think that on Atlanta side, especially, you want to come out in that first inning. You want to put a couple runs on the board. You want to kind of take the charge, and I think that's what's going to uh, what's going to happen. Do. I think you if do. you're, yeah, and I think if you're Atlanta, uh, you know, Ian Anderson starting tomorrow night for Atlanta. I think the the main wow. thing you want to do is just limit any damage. If you give up a home run, not a big deal. Try to do it without anybody on base. Don't panic if you do. If you give up a hit in the gap and the Dodgers That's start the worst putting thing runners you can do on base, in that situation. It's the worst you can do. Exactly. I think that that was the difference between last year and this year, or Game Three and Game Four in this uh, in this series, is they they panicked a little bit. I think in Game Three, and they didn't panic as much in Game Four. And I think a big uh, offensive factor is going to have to be what Eddie Rosario does for this uh, for this team. He has played such a great series. Really terrific player. Um, had yes. the two big home runs in Game Four, and I think if if he can come through with some clutch hits here and there, he was a he was a double. You guys realize he was a double away on on that game on Wednesday. He was a double away from becoming only the second player in Major League Baseball postseason history to hit for the cycle. And instead of getting the double in the ninth inning, wow. he had a three run a three run homer. So so uh, you know the rarity of that is certainly right up there with, you know, pitching a no-hitter in the playoffs, I guess, in a sense. It's only happened twice as well. Yes. Was back in 1956, and once later, about 50 years later. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So you had, uh, of course, uh, the late uh, Roy Halladay that did it in 2010. I believe it was against Roy Halliday, the, yeah. the Reds. Um, so it's been a fun postseason, though, um, back and forth. Houston really yes. looks good on uh, on the American League side. I hate to say that because I certainly uh, have uh, <laughs> reason to not like them. <laughs> as, as same here, same here. Yeah, I think the advantage, think though, is nationally. Same here. Now, I was going to say nationally, if it ends up being Atlanta and Houston, I think you're going to see a lot of people who weren't normally Braves fans pulling for them in the World Series uh, should that happen. So, Alan, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I got to say, I, I mean – I'm not a, a Houston Astro fan by any stretch, but they able to go to the World Series, that's big for them, considering everything that they had to go through, you know, with the, the scandal, and rightfully so, because that was something that they didn't really need to do. But no matter what, people are going to say you had an advantage. But to make it to the World Series, it's like that's like America's worst nightmare coming true for a baseball fan. Well, and, and I said yeah. this when he got hired at, uh, to manage Houston a uh, year and a half ago or two years ago, whenever it was, you know, the, 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 the death sentence or the life sentence, however you want to look at it, for the Astros is you brought in Dusty Baker, who has notoriously for the last 27, 28 years made just bad postseason decisions everywhere he's been. 
I mean, he, he flubbed things in his early days with the Giants. He had the Giants in the World Series five outs away from winning with a five-run lead in 2002, and they, they somehow blew that series against the Angels. He had the three games to one lead against the, uh, the Marlins in 2003 as the manager of the Cubs. Blew that, and things kind of went downhill from there for him in, in Chicago, and then um, had a couple of good teams that he couldn't quite get over the hump there in Cincinnati. Same thing happened for him in Washington. So he's kind of the the guy that he'll be the scapegoat, of course, for Houston if they somehow blow things in this series. But he has a, a, a track record, a very well-documented one, of not making the right managerial decisions. So it's kind of, let's see if that happens again for him. Yeah, I mean, that's the one guy I am rooting for, Dusty Baker. You know, he, I am rooting for him, not so much the team, just because of his history. I think he's a very, very good manager. But like you mentioned, to your point, Aaron, he has made some real blunders in the postseason. And that's what he's known for, getting to the guys to the show and then kind of falling apart. So for Dusty Baker, he's the one guy on the team that I'm actually rooting for. I'll, I'll admit that. I hope he for his sake, he does get the job done, but I'm not a fan of the Astros by any stretch of the imagination. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? If you had to take between you know, between the two evils, uh, who would you take between the Astros and the Dead Sox? The Red Sox. Oh, that's a great question, Lou. Uh, oh, man. I, I guess because of Dusty Baker, I would take Houston. Uh yeah, I, I see your point there. But are you saying yeah, that's that, Baker because you because you and I both hate the Red Sox so much? Yeah, I can't red, root for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are like no, no, no. Yeah, the Red Sox are a team that you know. Where were you that night though in two thousand three? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can tell you where don't I get was. me wrong. There are some guys. <laughs> There are some guys on the Red Sox that have played for the team that I respected their game and admire them, you know, like Dustin Pedroia and yes. the Asmus. Yeah. But uh, I-, I couldn't root for the Red Sox. No. So, so, and to be fair, and there have been some players in the Red Sox that I've, I've admired. You know, there, there definitely has been. You know, those, those are a couple. But, yeah, the Red Sox are just uh, – a team that I just can't root for. So I would have to say to take the lesser of the two, I'm taking Houston. Yeah. But when – I mean, I think – the Yankees. I'm sorry, to, just want to say this one last thing. I think – definitely sure. I think Houston cheated, and I definitely feel as if they did something they didn't have oh, yeah, to. Yeah. But I do think they do have very a very good team. Yeah, there's no question well, they have I mean, a lot of talent there. Well, I the thing is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know, I don't know <laughs> Yeah. No, they, they and, and to be fair too, you go back, uh, I don't know, ten years or so. Um, the Astros moved from. The, I mean, they were in the National League Central for the longest time. Um, they completely revamped their whole entire team. I mean, completely changing everything. They changed their uniforms. They moved to the American yes. League. Um, they were a bad team. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in baseball from probably two thousand nine. 2013 and that's when they kind of started turning things around but a lot of that you can attribute to you know making some really good draft choices 
uh, during those years. They, they had uh, – I'm going to look this up here just to make sure I have this right. They had three or four years in a row where they lost 100-plus games. Um, yeah. And that, just, that, 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 that always makes a difference. I mean, when you're losing that many games in a season, I think that in baseball – And consistently, to be, too. Yeah, very consistently, too. So, um, you know – it used to be in baseball, if you were going to rebuild a team, if you were going to break everything up and uh, that word, that rebuild, word. It, used take, it used to take five, six years to do that, just to, just to show any sort of, uh, of, uh, of you know, positive turnaround. And it did take them a while. I mean, they That's were, not a rebuild. That is, just, that is just a sorry excuse. A rebuild would be like in about a year. Six years, you're just playing pathetic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, from, from what it used no, to be to what it is no, now. It's like a turnaround. But if you're in the same slump six years in a row, you're not rebuilding at all. Yeah, I mean, you're not rebuilding the farm system. That's what they. That's what they took. Uh, you know, four or five, six years, whatever it was, to uh, to get to. And yeah, they went through a couple of different managers. They had Bo Porter there for a while. Um, he ended up uh, yeah. uh, getting uh, dismissed, and they brought in, of course. Um, uh, AJ Hinch and he did a great job. Of course, he paid for his his uh, deeds with his job uh, following the 2019 season and all the stuff that came out there. But uh, you know, again, uh, Houston, other than Atlanta, Houston is probably that one team that has, for the most part, built themselves up to the draft and a few trades and free agent signings here and there. Um, they're very respectable right. in that sense. On the other side, you've got the Dodgers. They have the highest payroll in baseball. You do. And then you have the Red Sox, who I think are the third or fourth uh, payroll in baseball. So you've kind of got these giants. Um, payroll means nothing. Yeah. It, well, it doesn't. And, 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 you know, Tampa Bay can certainly be Contrary the – Contrary to popular belief. Yeah. And, and the Yankees are proving that this year. I mean, you, you spent uh, $210 million on your payroll, and you got knocked See, out that's in my one point. game. It means nothing. Hundred percent. Yeah, but last I mean, you got a good point. Oh, you're but... supposed to win a hundred games a year. You go, you get the highest payroll. So what? Yeah, I mean, you can't buy the a Rays are a testament to that. I, the thing about the Rays is, you know, they have the lowest payroll, and I really thought they should have beat the Red Sox in this series, and they didn't. I, I don't yeah. know what went wrong with the Rays. They went cold at the wrong time of the year, but to me, they they had the best team in the AL East. And they just um, found a way to – that's one thing about the postseason. Regardless of your, your payroll, you got to get hot at the right time. Yeah, but the sad thing is that even if they do well, they still can't even draw flies. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough uh, tough atmosphere there. just want to throw this out there. Here was the Astros from 10 years ago. So 2011, they were 56 and 106. 2012, they were 55 and 107. They were 51 and 111 in 2013, and then they they won uh, 70 games in 14, 86, and 15, 84 and 15, or sorry, 16 rather, and then 101 in 17, 103 in 18, 107 in 19. So you went in a span of basically seven yeah. or eight seasons from 56, uh, 51 games. That was their lowest point to uh, 2019, two years ago, they won 107 games. So that – got to give the front office a lot of credit there. All the 
scandal stuff aside, you know, for yes. them to build through a lot of their own drafts and, you know, trade pieces here and there, they certainly found a way to get it right. But again, I think that most people, kind of like people hate the, hated the Patriots for that long time with, you know, Spygate and all that kind of stuff. I think if the Astros were in yeah. the World Series, regardless of their plan. they were. Yeah. I think, uh, I think for the Astros, I think if they get to the World Series, whoever they're playing against, unless you're an Astros fan or you just hate the Braves or the Dodgers, you're probably rooting for either of those other two teams. Careful, my mother's a Dodgers fan. <laughs> back to the back to the Brooklyn days, though. Back to the Brooklyn days. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, uh, obviously they were in Brooklyn up until uh, yes. uh, 60... 58. 58, okay, yeah. 58. Yeah, what's so going on what... in... Uh... Go ahead. Go, go ahead, go, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, uh, Lou, what's, what's going on in uh, in your neck of the woods right now? I know, uh, obviously, the the Jets uh, obviously have had just a rough year, and pathetic, pathetic as usual. And although, I mean, they even got um, beat on their bye week, so <laughs> uh, yeah. Even though that our rookie player is in the top ten for rookie of the year, oh yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really, I didn't know that. that. I didn't know that. Is that is that yeah. true? It's 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 up there. He's up there in the top ten for rookie of the year, but uh, wow. I don't see it. He's like I mean eighth. I, I guess. Go ahead. He's like eighth in the top ten. Okay, right. he's up there. I mean, hey, to be in the discussion, that's that's a good start. Yeah, but when you suck, I mean, who's gonna who's gonna you know put you in rookie of the year? I mean, you're horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean if, you're he, up there, you, if you're gonna be up there, you know, in the top two, you can't be a pilot puke, you know. You got a point, but you you know, they, just to be in the discussion is for a rookie. That's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless they're doing it as a joke. When was the last time that the Jets played the Patriots this far into a season, and neither team were, um, you know, on the you know, on the trajectory to be in the playoffs. I mean, when was the last time that happened? I I got to think we're probably back in the late, as I say, probably the late 90s or 2000, somewhere in that range. Yep. Wow. That's yep. a long time, okay, man. That's, 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 that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, just I mean. Before, you know, Brady, just before Brady started arriving, you know, the Patriots were still, you know, like a national joke. Yeah, but now that so Brady and the Gronk are gone, you know, yeah. now they're the Patriots are back to where they were. Thank you very much, Cam Newton. Well, and, and here's the thing too, though. I've watched uh, maybe a handful of uh, or parts of some of the games the Patriots have played in this year. You can see Mac Jones turning into a Bill Belichick type of quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady because nobody's going to be Tom Brady. That's just not going to happen. But you can see the the, the you can kind of see things kind of coming together with them. I think that they're on the same page, and he looks like he's the guy for the for the long haul. He yeah. might be, but still. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Lou. Yeah, I mean, because you know, that's just that's the way it's the way I see it. Though. But you know, they've been they've been playing, you know. 
awful. But, you know, the Patriots, you know, they're going back to their old ways now. I mean, Brady was their savior. Now that he's gone, took Gronk and Air with him, uh, they're right back to where they were, back down in the basement. Meanwhile, our former quarterback, Sam Darnold, is having the career of his life. Thanks a lot, you jerk. <laughs> well, and on the Panthers yeah. side, yeah, too, I mean, they've, that's they've, the they've ghost this started year. off. Yeah. They started off 3-0, and and then they lost their last three in a row. So they've kind of hit that brick wall, and we'll see if they can get past the Giants Good. this week after their plan. So. Panic, <laughs> Arnold. <laughs> hey, sometimes a new team, a new scenery it definitely plays off. Sometimes when you get a get on a yeah, new team, you get fired up. But my point is, you've been so bad for the Jets, and all of a sudden you're doing your, you're having your your best career year for somebody else. You couldn't do that while you were the Jets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and in fairness yeah. to them, I mean, look, the Jets are uh, going into this last couple of years. They've been Really a disaster. They have no consistency at all. Um, just want to update real quickly the score in uh, in Game Six of the ALCS. Uh, Boston just got their first hit with two outs in the bottom of the sixth on what appears to be a triple from oh, wow. it was Kike Hernandez tripled off the wall um, there in uh, in Houston at Minute Maid Park. I think they're reviewing this to see whether it actually left the park or not. We'll see here in a moment. But uh, five and two-thirds innings of uh, for Garcia for Houston, five and two-thirds innings of uh, no-hit really shut them down baseball. It's only a one-nothing lead for the Astros right now, and now they're going to have a runner at third with two outs with an opportunity to uh, potentially tie the game. And it just looks like it missed getting out. It's just, just under the yellow just line, by about five feet. Yeah. Like, just yeah, like, to, me, like to me, to me, yeah, go ahead. I think I think hitting a triple. I want to get you guys' opinion on this, but I think hitting a triple and beige and coolest and sexiest hit that you can get in baseball, even over a home uh, run. What are you guys' thoughts on getting a triple in baseball? Uh I, I I wouldn't say it's it's. I like the phrase there, sexier than a home run. There's nothing sexier than a home run in baseball. There's no question about that. I think that Alex know and, how. <laughs> the, the the thing about this triple here and the the uniqueness of Minute Maid Park, kind of like Fenway Park, is you've got the yes. kind of weird nooks and crannies. You've got that huge wall in left field. This would not have been a home run in Fenway either. There's a lot of similarities in the way that wall is set up. And so the reason he got a triple is because of the carom the ball took off the fence when it hit up uh, up in uh, deep left center field and the way that it bounces off. It's it's a not a brick wall, but it's like a um, – I guess it is brick, I guess, in a sense. So there's padding, brick, and then a regular fence. Yeah. And the way the ball caroms back after it hits the fence, it completely skipped past the outfielder. The other outfielder had to pick it up and throw it in. So that's usually where the triples come from. It's that time where the ball is bouncing away from whoever's trying to field it. Same thing happens in Fenway Park. Um, same thing happens in San Francisco at uh, whatever they're calling their park now. You have some of those weird hops that it takes. So it's fun to watch that because even better than a triple, Allen, I'll, I'll one-up you here on this, a long home run is always the funnest thing to watch. But watching a guy sure. hit one and it bounces and goes all different directions, and inside the park home run is probably the greatest thing if you're going to go that far. So. <laughs> yeah. 
I just think that Triple I H don't is understand. I just understand the sexing and stuff. I don't get that at all. It's hard to get. I mean, usually if a guy's oh, yeah. going to hit a cycle, the hit that he struggles the most with is getting the triple. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it is just, the hardest. It's just, it, it is the hardest one to get. But I'm going to go back uh, a little retro here to the 90s uh, when McGuire and Sosa were playing. Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. One, of my favorite, one of my favorite Nike commercials in the in the late 90s was was that Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin, Mark McGuire uh, bit that they did. And uh, I don't go to batting practice before the game starts to watch a guy try to hit for a triple. I go to watch him hit home runs. So I'll still keep that as my to my list. So. <laughs> Just my thought on it, you know. It's hard to get. Oh, not easy. Oh, it definitely, definitely is. It's especially fun to watch. Well, too, no one knows it's meant to be easy though either. <laughs> yeah, definitely fun to watch too when uh, the guy is really not fast enough to really be running for a triple. Houston just got out of the inning, by the way. They they pulled their starting pitcher after that first hit that he gave up, and the first pitch. Ah. Raphael Devers uh, popped out in the inning, so they're going to the bottom of the sixth now. One to nothing. One nothing still. Houston. Yep. yep. One to nothing. Houston. Yeah, that's tight. So Lou, what's on? Close game. What's on? Yeah, it is. It has been a very well pitched game on both sides. Houston has been uh, tearing them up here lately, so we'll see if it's uh, going to stay close like it is, or if Houston will maybe get some insurance runs here in the next uh, two or three innings. Lou, what's on tap for you this weekend? Well, of course, usually it's a it's a big show, and it's going to be a big show tomorrow with. Of course, we're going to cover the uh, league championships as we come down to the wire. Uh, the opening of first week of the NBA season. I got some interesting uh, polls that were taken this week of who would uh, be like the and uh, uh, the rookie of the year, the MVP, the coach of the year. That's when this game went fourteen one hundred nine. Thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> also, get some interesting NFL questions. I just hope I can get them all in, all in time. Um, NHL. Uh, and WNBA Finals. I just hope that I'll be able to continue on with this show because I don't think you know that Facebook is making changes and it's likely to screw some of us. So hopefully after this week I'll still have a show. When you say explain, please explain. Facebook is making changes. They're changing their name and whatnot. And I'm afraid if this becomes reality, everything on my Facebook pages will be screwed up, and I won't be able to take notes anymore. They, Facebook yeah. is going to change the name from Facebook? They're changing the name from Facebook, too, but it hasn't been announced to what it's going to be yet. Have you heard that, Aaron? I did hear something to that effect the other day now as far as how that's uh-huh. going to impact uh, current users and pages and things of that nature. Um, not really aware of any of how that's supposed to work just yet. Um, you know, we'll do our best to keep things uh, easy for our, our well. You know, and that's not expected until Thursday anyway. Say it again, Lou. An announcement is not expected to come until at least Thursday, the twenty-eighth. Well, in the meantime, we can't worry about whether they're going to change your name or not. Make the most of what we got. Continue to give our fans great, great insight, and they'll follow us no matter where we go. I just hope I'm able to stay. 
<laughs> you're gonna be fine. You're gonna give them a great show. Right. They'll be they'll be there. All right, and hopefully you guys will be too. Because remember, oh yeah, we're gonna win. Because remember, we've only got seven shows left in this year because Thanksgiving weekend, uh, no, and then the final week of that is Christmas, and that's definitely a no-no. And then <laughs> taking New Year's off, so we only got seven shows. Left. Wait, 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 check that. Uh, two, three, yeah, seven or eight, seven or eight shows. So, uh, you know, we're we're getting down to the end of the year again. The end of my fourth year. My goodness. Hey, I'm just. We're just getting started at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. It's been an incredible year already, and definitely going to be only a year. Years to come. Wow. Well, it's it's getting close to two years for us, right? Right, Aaron. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, our initial planning started in uh, January of 2020. So our first right, show right. was was recorded. Actually, it was a disaster. I think Alan will agree with me. No. <laughs> in hindsight, it was no. It, it was we we went into a local establishment and recorded it there, and really, honestly, didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> I think that's probably again fair to that say. Was- um, My first show when I was here, Southern, so. I was a wreck, a big <laughs> wreck. Hey, you know so what? I know it's, how you feel. That's part of the process. You know, I, I'm so yep. grateful for the opportunity and the learning process that I wouldn't change it, you know? We went through that no, process for no, a reason. No, no. I, I, I like, you know what? It was. It didn't seem like it was that bad at the time. But you know what? It's a great learning experience, and you oh, know yeah. we've we've come a long way with the Allen and Aaron Sports and Radio Show. So have I'm I. very proud of. I'm very proud of you, Lou. I'm very proud of you, Aaron. There's a lot to be proud of. I mean, I've been doing this, I've been doing this now eight years. I mean, going back to my local days, you know, with my with my partner, rest his soul, and you know, he helped me. He helped pave the way for me to get here. So may he rest you in know. peace. So. Because, you know, after that, I found out, you know, that there was shows on the Internet and, like, like, like okay, well, let's see. Am I going to be able to make this work or am I going to make an idiot of myself? Because, like, uh, you know, national radio, okay. This is going to be a challenge. <laughs> and I might have, like, an ass. But I'll give it a shot. But, you know, it turned out all for the best because, you know, they wanted me to keep coming back. And then they offered me substituting jobs, co-hosting jobs. And whatnot, and uh, in 2018, you know, like they wanted me to sub permanently. Like, uh, you want to take over? Yeah. And then after um, Betty came back to, you know, she's feeling better. Uh, she said, "Well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be coming back. Like, so you're gonna do two shows? Uh, no, no. Uh, the show's yours. Like me, me. Oh boy. You know, it's 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 one of those moments you didn't expect was gonna happen." So that's more of a reason why you can't you can't throw in a towel now. You got to keep fighting. Hey, you, no, you I don't want to, but but Facebook may have just had money decided it for me. Uh, you know what? Well, I mean, if they change the name, it's just you just it's just yeah. the the name of the title. I don't think they're going to close up shop indefinitely. And if they do, which I don't think they will, but if they do, I I feel as if our fan base will still follow us. We're on iHeartRadio. There's other media's. Facebook is, is great to, to advertise. And I'm glad you brought that up, Lou, because one of the mistakes that I see a lot of guys doing, especially young cats, 
young athletes doing yeah. is they always they just want to advertise on Instagram to get followers, and that's a mistake. You shouldn't just like limit yourself to one social media outlet. You should use Twitter, just like uh, one of our viewers had said. You should use Twitter. You should use Facebook. You should use LinkedIn. You know who does that a lot? Antonio Tarver. Mm-hmm. You got to use all branches of your social media, not just one, because not everybody is a fan of every single one you might be a fan of. I'm definitely not a fan of Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter is a headache. The the beauty about social media is that you cannot post the same way on all of them, though. You have to kind of change things up on the different mediums because one might not get the same result as the others. Yes. But, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show has been a real blessing, and I'm, I want to thank the listeners. Yeah. I want to thank the people who support the show, top rank, and and blessing us with this opportunity for me to, to be in Atlanta. I mean, those things like that, they don't come every day. I mean, today, no. which I'm going to post up on our Facebook page so that everybody will get a chance to see I had taken a picture with the Vander Holyfield's uh, statue in the morning, and then later in the, the day, deal? I got a chance to – I sure did, a Vander Holyfield, which I was going to share during the boxing segment, but I guess I'll talk about it now. So I got a picture with a Vander Holyfield, and I got a picture of his statue, and I got an interview to share with you guys on the show, which I will post up uh, later today. So, you know, things like that are positive things that have happened all because of just keep pushing forward. We really want to thank the fans that support the show and thank Top Rank for giving us the opportunity and everybody, yourself, Lou, and just uh, just stay positive and keep going. Well, in the meantime, the show is still 5 to 7 on Saturdays. The number to call is 512-543-4662. RP that again, 512-543-4662. It'll cost you nothing to call, and if you do call, I guarantee you I'll bring you in. But if you do have a comment, though, um, try to keep it under five minutes because i got so much to talk about, and I want to try and get all or much of it as possible. Yeah, definitely. you got a definitely a great show there. And for those who missed the number, it's 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. The Enhanced Sports Show, Saturdays from Team 5 and 7, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Lou, our great guest and friend, he can definitely lose, use your support. So make sure you call in and support his show. I unfortunately won't be able to because I'm here in Hotlanta covering the Herring and Stevenson fight, and tomorrow is the fight night. So during that time, I'll be getting ready to go inside the doors so I I won't be able to unfortunately call You're this long. Like You're going to have to the Braves? Ooh. Yeah, I, you know, Aaron wanted me to go to the game. Shame I, on you. I, if, it, if, it was, if it was an early game, if it was actually a morning game, a 1 o'clock game, yeah, right. or earlier game, I would have been mm-hmm. able to make it. But the fact that the venue by 6.30 to get the media credentials and things like that, I, I can't make it. Oh, and, yeah. you know, traffic in Atlanta, I found out is already bad. Imagine you trying to go from the game 
to another venue, it's not going to work that quick. <laughs> so, no. unfortunately, I won't be able to be at the Atlanta game. I definitely will let Aaron know if it makes him feel better. If it was an afternoon game, which most championship and playoff games are not, some of them are, but most of them are night games or at least later afternoon games to get some exposure. So, I, I, if it was an earlier game, I would have been able to make it, but at 5 o'clock, I can't. That's right in the middle of the day. Why, why a 5 o'clock start, Aaron? Well, I think uh, part of it has to do right now with they're not going to have both the NLCS and ALCS games going on at the same time or starting at the same time. So, no, um, you can't given, do that. Yeah, they're not going to do that. And now, here is, the, here, is the, here is what could possibly happen. If Boston wins tonight and forces a game seven, then Atlanta's game tomorrow is at 5.08, I think it's the first pitch. And then the, the game seven of the ALCS will be at 8.08. If Houston moves on tonight, then the Atlanta-LA game actually gets pushed back until 8.08. So there's a little bit riding schedule-wise on who wins here tonight. Yeah. And that's all a lot to do with the networks. They're going to dictate a lot of that because, of course, of um, yes. you know, uh, uh, trying to get ratings and things like that. And think about it, too, tomorrow afternoon, if you only have one baseball game to watch, there's a lot of college football on. So you yeah. want to keep those ratings and make that a primetime game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so right. definitely. Well, Aaron, uh, you know, uh, you're welcome. To, you're welcome to come if you can. Wait, who's going? To, who's going to get tomorrow, Alan or Aaron? Uh, I'm I'm living in Atlanta. Alan, Alan's in Atlanta. Aaron's back home. Fortunately, won't be able to call in during that time because I'll be, you know, covering the. Well, your partner's welcome to call if he can. Yeah, Aaron, to... you're welcome to call. That's right. I would, yeah, I, Aaron, I, Aaron, I would love call. to. Here's here, here's what's happening for me tomorrow. I'm actually driving down to. Uh, Northport, where Atlanta Spring Training Facility is at. I have some friends that live not too far from there, and they're actually showing the game on the uh, Jumbotron there. So we're planning to go down there. Kind of the second best thing, I guess, to be in there is being in a ballpark, having it on the Jumbotron. So I'll be I'll be turning in, uh, tuning into that tomorrow. It's about a two-hour drive from where I live, so I will be um, I will be doing that and. Um, but I'll definitely be calling into your show here, uh, hopefully in the next uh, maybe two weeks, and hopefully as uh, maybe a world champion. So <laughs> <laughs> we should have you that. know, Luke. Oh, before I go, before I go, uh, I want to wish my I want to wish my colleague um, from another show I'm involved with uh, called in the in the Barrage Box. That's on Monday nights at eight o'clock. Uh, my uh, partner uh, Alejandro uh, Vargas because. His wife, uh, just a few days ago, gave birth to a baby boy. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't That's know if you're going to be on the show this on Monday night, but I guess I know why now, but I'll say my congratulations anyway. <laughs> oh, you're a great guy, Lou, man. We really appreciate you so much. Man, <laughs> Lou, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Know. There you go. I will do definitely do that, and you're always well, you're welcome on our show well. anytime. Anytime. <laughs> All right. All right, gentlemen. Thanks. Go You're brave. welcome, Lou. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Oh. Have a great Go night. Go brave. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you're the man, Lou. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was our good friend, Lou, uh, giving us uh, 
giving us his uh, take on a few things in the sports world here. We're going to go right in now to uh, the NFL picks. Uh, obviously, this is uh, uh, another big weekend in the National Football League. Week seven, hard to believe we're already that many weeks into the season. Um, oh, wow. Just watching this play that just happened here in the Houston-Boston game. Let me just give you a quick update here. Houston just took a 2 nothing lead on what appears – See how they scored this. Houston had runners at first and third, and nobody out. And it looks like uh, Alvarez, their first baseman, DH, hit a line drive to the first baseman, who tagged the runner at first and then stepped on first for a double play. And then the runner scored from third. So you got a double play. But you also gave up a run in the process. So Houston now has a two nothing lead in uh, in that uh, crucial game six uh, between them and the Boston Red Sox. Um, back to what we were talking about uh, just a moment ago. The NFL, obviously, last night we had battle of two three and three teams trying to make the playoffs: uh, the Broncos and the Browns. And we were split on this one, Alan. It was just one of the four games that you and I did not agree on in terms of our picks for this week. You had Denver, and I had. Uh, Cleveland, and it looks like uh, Cleveland actually came out and won that game last night. Yeah, I did watch that game. I cannot believe Denver dropped the ball on that game. They beat them. You, you got that one. I'm already down one already to start the week. Hey, I need, I've every, been pretty good. I need every game I can get at this point. you got a five-game lead, so even if I win all four <laughs> of the – even if I went all four you of know, the games that I picked is, is, uh, different than, differently than you, I'm still a game back, so – yeah, I know, but the thing is, I've I've usually gotten a Thursday night game right, and poor, I mean, Denver really was really shocking that they lost. They did not have Nick, they didn't have Chubb playing, and they didn't have, you know, Hunt playing, and they still found a way to lose the game. Your two stud running backs are, were both out, and the quarterback was being replaced by Casey Keenum, and just uh, Cleveland just outplayed them. Yeah, I think this is Cleveland's uh, strength is that they have the experience. They've kind of had the momentum the last uh, couple of years. Denver, on the other hand, they started off three and zero. They've lost four games in a row now, and yeah, you know they're regressing big time. Yeah, they, and they definitely are. And here's the thing: going into the season, I believe it's Vic uh, Fangio as their head coach. He was on the hot seat coming into this year, and now you've lost three, uh, four games in a row. Doesn't really do a whole lot of good for job security purposes, um, you know, you're, you're going to have to write the ship pretty quick to avoid potentially getting, you know, the pink slip in the middle of the season, which is uh, not something that's uncommon. Um, and even Denver's done that before. So um, I like this next game. I, I, I certainly uh, agree. Both of us picked, I think, who will win. I, in fact, I picked this as a, a lock pick. You got the Packers hosting the Washington Football Club. I don't know that there's a hotter team in the NFL right now than Green Bay. They've won five in a row. Of course, same thing with Dallas. That's a whole other story. Uh, but Green Bay, I mean, they're just, they've, they've kind of set themselves apart, uh, showing after that disaster in week one against the Saints that they're not done yet. They're still building towards something. So this game's going to be in Green Bay. should be uh, chilly weather. Washington Football Club, uh, they've really underperformed this year. They have got quarterback issues. Their defense isn't playing as well as they would have liked. 
Um, both of us picked Green Bay. Is there anything that would have to happen for Green Bay to somehow mismanage and lose this game? No, you're pretty safe on that lock pick of this week. Green Bay is real hot, and the Washington Football Club is going in the opposite direction. They they don't look really solid on the defensive end, which has been their strength the last two or three years. They really let the, their defense slip a lot. I think, um, you know, Henneke has been pretty good, but it, they just they just don't have enough firepower in their offense. Once they get down a touchdown or two, it's pretty much a wrap, you know, from them trying to come back from, from behind. I, I think that's a very safe lock pick to have the Packers win that game. I don't see any way where Washington Football Club even uh, comes close to winning this game. I, I, I predict it being a pretty pretty good thrashing. I don't, see the, I don't see them winning that game at all, Washington Football Club. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping obviously biasly as a Packers fan, and the nice thing too is the Green Bay Packers are wearing their uh, throwback '50s style uh, uniforms. I've been looking forward to this all year long. It's a really great color combo. Anybody out there who doesn't agree, well, your opinion doesn't matter at this point. Uh, green and gold go together, <laughs> and these uh, these jerseys, I've seen them. In fact, I'm going to probably try to pick one up here in the next week or two. Um, they are green with the solid gold or yellow. Uh, lettering uh, on the numbers and, of course, the names. So it's uh, just a really good kind of a classic feel, classic look uh, on uh, on them. So um, next two games we're going to talk about here, we both have picked opposite on. Um, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 3-3, three and three, at the Tennessee Titans, who are 4-2. and two. I have picked Kansas City, uh, despite the fact that I think Tennessee has a really solid team. In fact, they're probably – I'd say right now they're they're the best four and two team in in either the NFC or AFC. I've got the Chiefs winning this game. I know you picked Tennessee. I see it as a close matchup. Good defense on Tennessee side, a so-so offense on Kansas City side. Um, what led you to pick Tennessee to win this game? I just feel as if Tennessee's defense is better, and also I do like what I see with Tennessee with the ball control. You know, with Derrick Henry. In order for Tennessee to win this game, it still will not be an easy game. They have to do like the other teams, stop Tyreek Hill, you know, put the two guys on him with the high safety, and then try to try to win that way. Just have it so that you – Travis Kelsey, you know, he's going to be his second option, but you gotta, you got to take out Tyreek Hill out of, the, out of the equation. And if they do that, their defense plays solid with Derrick Henry getting off. The Chiefs, their defense is really not that good. I could see the Titans running all over the place with Derrick Henry. And also they got A.J. Brown. So I just think Tennessee has a little bit better offense, and I definitely think they have a better defense. That's the reason why I picked Tennessee to win the game. Yeah, I just uh, I could have picked either way on this one, honestly. And I really look at it as I just can't see Kansas City falling to three and four. I mean, I just feel like they're they're too talented at this point. Now, to kind of throw a wrench into that, they're very talented. They certainly are not much of a different team than they were even two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. I think that they're overconfident, and that has sometimes played a, a negative factor. Um, I think it's hurt them. It hurt them in the Super Bowl for sure. Um, and then, really, when they've gone up against a really good defense, 
last two years, they have not really performed as well as they normally do. So I think they, the, the defenses have found a lot of holes in some of the offensive game. And as you just mentioned there, doubling up uh, Hill is going to make a huge difference. If they have another go-to receiver outside of their tight end, it might be a different story. But it seems like you know, Mahomes has telestrated what he's going to do all year long. And that, I think, has led to some poor decisions. He hasn't looked like the quarterback he was the last two or three years. Coming back down to earth a little bit, maybe he turns things around. Who knows? Maybe they regroup. You know, you're never, never going to be 100% guaranteed what's going to happen. Um, so we'll see. That's going to be probably one of the better matchups of this weekend's uh, slate of games. This next one is one that has really probably little to no impact on any sort of uh, playoff push uh, for either club. Uh, you've got the uh, Falcons 2-3 and three going on the road to Miami to play the Dolphins. Um, it was a toss-up here. I picked this as actually one of my upset picks. I just feel like the Dolphins have maybe not been as bad as their 1-5 record is indicated. I feel like they're going to come together and win this game. I picked that as an upset. You have the Falcons uh, as, uh, as the winners in this game here on uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I like what the Dolphins are doing to his back. They're starting to get healthy again, and they're starting to play solid. They do have a very good team, and their team has underperformed, as you mentioned uh, earlier, as far as uh, other teams. I would have to say definitely the Dolphins are up there with underperforming. I just feel as if the Falcons have a very, very good offense, and their defense is, is decent. But I just think with the amount of firepower that they do have, Atlanta, I think they're going to be able to – withstand the Dolphins a bit. And one thing about the Dolphins I didn't like is when they get down, their coach really seems to take it to heart. And he just shows it to – he shows it poorly, quite frankly. When your team gets down in the dumps, you can't start throwing your, your headset, show frustration, because that leads to more frustration with your team. Your team feeds off that energy – and I, I could see if the Atlanta gets up by seven, ten points, they're going to just fold because of what the coach reaction is. So I have I have the Falcons winning the game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close uh, close matchup. Um, could go either way, and obviously we picked who we picked for those specific reasons. Next couple games are pretty all uh, pretty much all standard. I think just kind of looking through it, we've uh, both uh, let's go down the list here. So both of us have the Patriots over the Jets. Uh, we both have the Panthers over the Giants. Uh, no, uh, no love for New York here in this case. Uh, and then um, <laughs> probably the biggest powerhouse matchup of this weekend, I would say, from a um, uh, established team versus a team that's trying to get there. Both of us have uh, the Ravens over the Bengals. That's a four and two team versus a five and one team. I like this matchup. It'll be a fun game to watch if you're able to see it because both teams have a pretty solid defense. Uh, both quarterbacks are fun to watch. I mean, Jackson might be an MVP again this year, um, depending on how things finish up. Um, so that'll be a fun one to watch. And then you have the, the Raiders, obviously a different look team now with uh, with Gruden being out there. And you got the Eagles on the other side. We both have the Raiders picked there. Um, no reason to pick the, the Lions over the Rams. The Rams are 5-1. and one. They're hot. Uh, the Lions, not as bad as their 0-6 record. They probably should have at least three wins under their belt. I actually picked uh, 
Los Angeles Rams as a uh, as my second lock pick this week. I think that's pretty safe. Um, we'll see. As long as uh, as long as uh, an interesting storyline is, of course, the quarterbacks that traded uh, spots this past off season between those two teams. So um, if it comes down to a field goal, I think the Rams will definitely win just because that's been the uh, bad luck of the Lions this year. Texans are one and five. They're going on the road to play Arizona. Cardinals are six and zero. They're the last unbeaten team. Both of us picked, of course, uh, Arizona to win that game, and then. Another really good matchup here. This is one of your lock picks uh, this week is uh, five on defending champion Buccaneers, and they are hosting the three and three Bears. Now I need the Bucks to do that favor to beat the Bears just to knock them a little further back in the division. Both of us picked Tampa Bay, and that was again one of your lock picks this week as well. So, um, in any any way that any of those games we just picked goes the opposite direction of what we picked it. I would love to say I would say something different, but I don't think so. I, I think those teams are going to pretty much handle their business. I, I've got the Bucks winning, but it won't be an easy game. Anytime you're the defending champion, even when you're facing a team like the Bears, which you would think, common sense, it would be a slam dunk. It's never a slam dunk when you're the best team with the ring. I believe Bears are going to bring come out strong, but I do think it, the, the Buccaneers are going to be able to take – hold of that game and win the game. So out of those picks, I don't see anything different than what you mentioned. I really don't. Yeah, I think most of these uh, were just based on record alone and kind of where they are as far as how they played the last couple of weeks, kind of the trends that are going there. Um, the last of our four games that we did not agree on, is the two and four Colts going on the road to the two and three 49ers, two teams that are both really disappointed this year. In all honesty, I picked the Colts as one of my uh, two upset picks. I just feel like they seem to have things lately going a little bit more in their direction. You have a little bit of a quarterback controversy, maybe brewing out in San Francisco. Um, 49ers. I think that the benefit for them is this game is at home. Um, We'll see how things go. Obviously, the Colts, they've been hot, though. They were 0-4 to start the year. Now they're uh, 2-4. and They've been playing much, much better football here uh, as uh, as of late. So that's what favors them. And the 49ers, kind of, they started off good and have kind of fallen apart. So that's kind of where things uh, went as far as um, making those picks. And then the last game of the week uh, is Monday night. It's the uh, Saints, 3-2. and They're on the road against the uh Russell Wilsonless, Seattle Seahawks, who are two and four. Uh, both of us uh, in this game picked New Orleans. I just feel like Seattle has kind of been a free fall at this point. I feel like they are, you know, going backwards. They lost their quarterback for what may be the majority of the rest of the season. They may end up just placing them on IR to avoid any sort of injury potential. Um, what would Seattle have to do to surprise and win this game on Monday night? You know, Geno Smith, he would have to basically – Geno would have to go ahead and be Geno when he played for the Jets. He'd have to be like early Jets, I would say. He'd have to be really outstanding in order for this to be a close game. And it just goes to show you in NFL, quarterback play is so big because this should have been a game, if Russell was in, that I would have taken Russell to win the game. But yeah. – 
with Gino, I just don't see it. Not to not to 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 put Gino down or anything, but I just I just don't see him being the guy that can carry that torch and beat the Saints. I think the Saints are starting to kind of make a tick upward. They still have a a bad man in the backfield there. You know, so I just think uh, the Saints will find a way to win the game. I just I just see that happening for this week. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the worst thing that can happen for New Orleans is for Mr. Inconsistent uh, Winston to not play very well. If he plays like he did in week one, <laughs> then I think that the Saints are going to roll. If he plays like he did in week two, they could have problems. Um, and I think this is a really big uh, – maybe a big game for him because again, the saints are trying to determine what their future is a quarterback. They, they, I, I don't see um, Taysom Hill as a future quarterback just because of the way he plays the position. He's more of a, let's put him in for the wildcat play. He can certainly throw the ball, but that's not something he's going to do every down. So I really think this is a big, a big uh, next couple of weeks for Jameis Winston to prove whether he is their guy moving forward or, are the Saints going to go out on the free agent market? Are they going to go out and, you know, go through the draft next year? So a lot's kind of riding on it in that sense. And look, at the same time, you know, you're in a battle for a playoff spot at this point. I mean, Tampa Bay is, for the most part, dominated the division. You've got the Panthers, who are 3-3. Three and three. Atlanta is still technically in it, so a lot can change there. And, of course, there's an extra playoff spot this year. And both uh, both conferences, but you know, if you're New Orleans, you really need to win this game to get the four and two to keep pace because you still have a head-to-head matchup with the Bucks later in the year. It could still end up uh, being a big game, and you know, Jameis Winston's going to want to come back and beat Tampa Bay, especially after he played for them for five years. So that's going to be another interesting storyline there too. Yeah, a lot of great storylines, and you've got a great point. Jameis Winston got to step up because. His job is on the line, and this is a perfect game to do that. You, know, you have an opportunity to beat a team that's not at full strength. You got to close out the game. You got to win. I mean, you know, when you have it, it's not going to get any easier. Because if Russell was back there, I, you know, would have picked. I would have picked the Seahawks. But you know, to your point, Jameis got to step up. He's in. He's got to give the ball to Alvin Kamara. That's the bad man I'm talking about. You got to start giving Alvin Kamar more feeds, not just in the backfield. That's one aspect that I feel that Alvin is missing versus Drew Brees. Drew Brees used to love throwing to him in the flap, have him sneak out from the backfield, go out three or four yards out, throw Alvin the ball, and have him do the rest. You got to let your playmakers do the job. And I, I just think that with Jameis, he looks down the field way too much, and he's passing up the checkdowns. And the checkdowns can be your best play. Yeah, and I, you know, again, a different type, different style quarterback between him and, and Drew Brees, uh, of course. But here is the key to any good passing game: it's having a balanced run attack. I mean, Tom Brady wasn't uh, great in New England for almost 20 seasons without having some, you know, solid running backs during those years. Being able to hand the ball off, and really, here's the big thing: when you get a lead. This is in the college game and the NFL game, for that matter. When you get a lead, the biggest thing you can do in the second half of the game, especially, is trust in your defense. 
but also start running the football, run that clock up, or run it down, rather. Um, take over time of possession. Put the other de- uh, other team's defense, you know, on notice. Hey, you, you, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to stop us here right now. You know, keep keep us uh, keep us playing on third down. Make it challenging for us kind of thing. So I think that's going to be a big key right there. Um, and, you know, here, here's here's the bottom line. The Saints are – going to basically do the same thing the Bucks did. If, if Winston is middle of the road, I think they move on from him after this year's over. I don't think they commit multiple years to him. And he'll, he'll be a journeyman quarterback at that point. He'll go from team to team to team to team, kind of like uh, Teddy Bridgewater has done for the last uh, three, four, five years. Um, and if he ends up having a, a great uh, second half of the season and puts up big stats and maybe even leads the Saints into the playoffs – you know, they might decide to lock him in long-term. We'll have to wait and see. No, you're absolutely right. And you don't want to be a journeyman. I mean, it's better than no job in the NFL. But, yeah, for Winston's sake, he's a lot more on the hot seat than Geno is. Winston needs to step up big time this game against the Saints. Absolutely. So so that's our take on the uh, Week 7 NFL picks there. Certainly, uh, certainly a lot of good games that are going on. Uh, here this weekend again uh, obviously the big uh, big things uh, going on this weekend in uh, other areas the big game six tomorrow night in Atlanta where Allen is at right now and it uh, looks like Boston is uh, just six outs away from being out of the playoffs they just got caught stealing with two outs in the seventh inning and uh, they're going to the bottom half of the seventh inning now trailing two to nothing against the Astros what else uh, do you have on uh, on tap here for us tonight yeah, to all the fans of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, I really appreciate you guys. Got a lot of stuff I'm going to put up on Facebook. I was mentioning earlier, I got a pictures, photos with Vander. Got an interview with Vander to show with you guys. Definitely want to thank Top Rank for this opportunity. You got uh, an interview with Bob Aram that I'm going to share with you guys. And also with Evan Holyfield, Vander's son. A lot, of, a lot of great interviews I got today, and I'm going to show them, post those up. Just uh, give me a little bit of time to get them up on there for you guys. A lot of great insight, behind-the-scenes stuff, of what you don't normally get a chance to see during fights. But uh, definitely with the, with the Shakur Stevenson and Jamal Herring fight, you know, I, I have that's, – that's actually the main event tomorrow night. Definitely make sure you guys check in and watch it. That fight is going to be a very good fight. I, I got as crazy as it sounds. I know it's 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 it sounds like it, I should be going with Shakur, but I got I got Jamal uh, winning this fight. I got I got Herring winning the fight. I think it's going to be a close match, but I think he's motivated. He you know based on me, you know getting a chance to talk to him, he seems very relaxed. I got. Evan Holyfield winning. I got Nico Ali winning his fight. So for those who are listening, who are big boxing fans, so it's a lot of big fights happening tomorrow night. And definitely I'm going to give you a lot of great insight. I'll be covering the fight, give you some great videos and pictures again tomorrow. It's going to be a big day tomorrow during the fight. And definitely keep tuning in to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Like, drive, and share our page. And definitely follow us on iHeartRadio as well as Facebook. Absolutely, absolutely. Glad to have another great week in the books here. And I just wanted to 
uh, at the very end of our uh, show here tonight, just throw out one last piece of breaking news that I just caught here in the last two minutes or so. Max Scherzer was scheduled to start tomorrow's game six for the Dodgers. He apparently will not, uh, as uh, he has uh, what is being called dead arm, which, of course, uh, anybody who's ever pitched at any level knows what that is. Arm is just not there. Um, so we will see who is starting for the Dodgers tomorrow night. This could be a huge, huge break wow. for the Braves. So we'll see yeah, dead how arm. that plays in. He has four days rest? Uh, he last pitched on – let me see if it says here. Let's see. I believe he pitched in game four. It might have been game three. I think I think it was actually game three, which was on Tuesday uh, in uh, in L.A. And, of course, the Dodgers trailed for the majority of that game. And I believe he came out early in that one as well. So, um We'll see. You never know how these things are going to go. Sometimes uh, what you think is going to happen doesn't happen, and the opposite, what you don't think is going to happen happens. So just kind of have to have a wait-and-see approach. But, uh, you know, anytime a guy like that's not pitching against you, you probably feel a little bit better. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes your day. Maybe you're celebrating too much when, when they won <laughs> the series before. Because I know he was having a – he was getting nice with no shirt on and on the field, and he was having a great time. Yeah, guy is definitely a future Hall of Famer, probably a first ballot, too. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, uh, you know, over 3,000 career strikeouts, uh, over 200 career wins, um, has had a 20-strikeout game, which has only been done a handful of times in the history of baseball. Um, and I'll tell you this, I'd love to have this guy on my team. I'd hate to face him. So if he's not playing, I'm not going to complain one bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, definitely a so great definitely, show. I wouldn't want to pack too. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely mm-hmm. a great show here tonight, Alan. Uh, enjoy that uh, beautiful weather up there in Atlanta. Uh, hopefully, you're my good luck charm for being up there uh, this weekend. Hopefully, the Braves can pull it out tomorrow night. Um, certainly, would be very thrilled to be in the World Series for the first time in quite a long time, and uh, you know, to send you up there more often when the Braves are in the playoffs. I guess if that happens. So. Um, but well, I want to thank our listeners. Uh, if you missed any portion of the show, uh, you can, of course, always uh, go back and replay us on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're always there. And we typically do also post a link to our show on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Certainly, um, if you just want to comment on anything, we'd be happy to bring it up in the next, uh, the next show. So for, uh, for Lou, who joined us earlier, and for Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.